Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmel. my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Welcome back. Thank you. Missed you last week. Ron yeah. did a great job. Yeah, he always does. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, my friend. Oh, again? Look at <laughs> look at those socks. No, no design. No, no. Like, this was this. I wanted calm. You wanted calm. A nice it's a sort calm of blue. Calm blue. Look at that. Because we haven't had calm this okay, week. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because we've got a great show. Of course, this is Alzheimer's Month, uh, and we're going to be talking about the World Alzheimer's Day coming up. Uh, we definitely have some great conversation about that. I think there's a lot to learn about this disease that people need to know. It impacts many individuals. It's hit home with us, with your mother. Um, a lot of our clients, family members have experienced this. So we definitely have to have a top, talk about that. But let's talk about the calm blue that you're wearing today. And, mm. and, you know, are you trying to calm the markets with your outfit? Like what's happening here? Yeah, well, I mean, volatility again spiked up this week, right? We had that wicked day on, on uh, Tuesday, markets reacting to uh, you know, stronger than expected core inflation data in the United States. And, and we just, we saw markets reacting to that again. And, uh, you know, after, after that day, I was talking about, well, you know, given that that's the market's reaction, really, until we get to the decision next week by the U.S. Fed in terms of what they're going to do with rate increases, it's quite likely that this volatility is going to stick around. But we've again got this, this jolt of uncertainty thrown into the system. Um, and it raises the question about what is the what does the future hold, right? Now it's interesting on a day to day basis. Faisal, you and I look at this stuff all the time. Day to day market pricing is often not correct, right? It could be driven it's by never correct. Yeah, it's driven by emotion. It's driven by computer algorithmic trading, momentum traders, and so on and so forth. And so you have to be very careful, right, about living the day to day volatility. So, so we have computer models, and. When you input a model, computer or not, if it's a human being or not, every trader, every investor, especially over a short period of time, will look at an investment and make certain assumptions of what they believe the price should be in the future based on the assumption today. Correct. And this is why the volatility is so high. So you get a high number on inflation, it spooks the market. It then says that the Federal Reserve is going to do something, 75 basis points next week, 100 basis points now is being talked about. That trickles across to other countries. It puts a currency viewpoint. It just changes everything from mm -hmm. this assumption. Mm -hmm. And so we have always said, let's look at what the data is, not what the assumptions are. Right. And that's where you can make a concrete decision because you now got data right. versus an assumption. The market right now is making a lot of assumptions, and it always has. Mm -hmm. It looks, it forecasts, let's call it six, nine months into the future. And so what I have found in this market this year has been ultra sensitivity. You've been out in the sun. Mm -hmm. You've gotten a sunburn. Mm -hmm. Someone touches you on that sunburn or goes near it. Right. You flinch automatically. Right. Automatic. Right. The market is flinching. Yep. So... I think what we see right now is just the flinch of the market. When you crystallize on any movement because of it, that's where you can make or break your portfolio. Right. So I think that's where the learning outcome from this, for me at least, is let's take a look at where the facts are, not the assumptions, and what are we basing on. Right. So can we spend a couple of seconds on 
the facts that we know right sure. now? Yeah, fire away. We know one thing for sure, that the central bankers, we'll talk about Canada, US right now, is gonna continue to raise rates until inflation is under control. Mm -hmm. They might wait till it gets down to 4% inflation and pause their raising of interest rates and then see how it works out. But when you increase interest rates, it doesn't immediately impact the economy. There's a lag. And so whatever happened at the beginning of this year is not gonna be seen until most likely the end of this year. Right. So any additional increases now could push us into that big R word, recession. Well, and that's we're, and we're starting to see that argument creep up, aren't we? I mean, we know historically that the the Fed um, can uh, make errors in this because there's a lag time. There's a risk that they could happen because they got behind and now they're being very aggressive. The market is definitely sensitive, right? Flinching to that. We've seen um, comments from uh, Jeffrey Gunlack. When I were talking about this before the show, he's the world bond famous king. bond king. Bond no, king in the U.S. Done very well over his tenure in right. performance. Has a different way of looking at the world, especially through the eyes of a bond manager. Right. He's saying it's going to be deflation coming up. Right. The 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 bond break evens in the United States are indicating inflation significantly lower from here. So so we've got this uncertain period, right, where the markets know, boy, the Fed, all central banks are committed to bringing inflation down. But when do they pause? When do they see what this is going, what effect their rate increases are going to have, or do they, right? And that's that's part of the calculus that's happening here. I, I've always said that the, the bond market is a leading indicator for the stock market. But I've always said also that the, the currency market is a leading indicator for the economy. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting in this situation is if interest rates continue to rise in the United States, recession is coming then why is the US dollar at ultra high lows, mm -hmm. or ultra highs? Right. Why is it that we're at a 37 low, year low British pound to USD? Right. The euro, euro. Yeah. back to 20 years. Yeah. The Canadian dollar, not as bad, but, but still, still well below what you would consider fair, fair intrinsic market, value. Fair value right. for that. So why go US dollar if the US economy is gonna go in recession and the rest of the world, is it gonna be not as good as the Americans. Right. That's what the currency market is saying. Right. Right. Fly to safety. Let's go back to 2008 during the financial mm -hmm. crisis. We saw it. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. We mm -hmm. were we were across of each other in the in the in the office yelling. Yeah. Remember that day? Yeah, yeah. For like, sure. U.S. dollars taking off, guys. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. And and look how it's doing right now right. against other currencies beside our own. Right. And in 2008, we went to we went to par. 2009-ish, we yep. went to par, yep. because th there was a disjoint right. between what Canada was going through and what the U.S. was going through. It was a U.S. issue. Right. It's not only a U.S. issue right now. It's a global issue. Right? Watch how many emerging countries are going to have a big problem. The Philippines, mm -hmm. as one of the best examples. Mm -hmm. Their currency is getting decimated. Mm -hmm. Watch what happens in Turkey with inflation the way it is. Look at, I think it's Argentina, Argentina. as well. You bet. There's 100% so inflation expected this year. Can you imagine? We're talking about 8% and oh my God, look what's happening here. Can you imagine 100% inflation? Yep. Those economies are going to go through big problems. So where do you go right. with your capital then? Right. You run to the safest place in the world in the time that right. you're at. And that's most likely the United States. Right. Which is why I believe their stocks are still being priced higher than the rest of the world, mm -hmm. because there's still demand for those companies mm -hmm. versus the other companies 
in Turkey or the Philippines uh, uh, or Argentina or wherever it may be, right? So this is a very interesting uh, time where we're getting um, a lot of assumptions that are pushing the markets in a lot of uh, a long way. Your prediction, uh, Dave, on when we start seeing that calm blue hit Hmm. the markets? Well, listen, it can't happen until um, until next week when we get some guidance (laughs) uh, from the Fed. But you know, I think the Fed has worked very hard, Faisal, to if nothing else. Uh, jawbone it. So I don't know how far they're going to go before they have to pause and or pivot. But I do know that they recognize that they have to they have to make sure that people like you and me and our listeners and viewers stop spending a little bit. They need to take demand out of the system. And if they have to scare us to do that, they're prepared to do it. Right. So I think we've got I, we've got several months of choppiness yet. I agree with you. I, I, I don't want to look at a time. I want to look at a moment. And the moment will be when inflation is under control. Yeah. And that's when the turn will happen. Yeah. Right. And it might be a month before, it might be months after, I don't know, but that's the signal. Right. So in the meantime, stay nimble, stay active. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about this even before we got on air. We need to be consistently active in the portfolio, holding on to an investment crossing your fingers and hoping it all works out without any movement, you're now investing in hope. Right. Invest in a strategy based on the current market. I'm glad that we are more active in this type of a market than than, than yep. many others. Yep. And I think that's going to work out well for us. Basil, last week when you were gone, Rob and I had the pleasure of speaking with, uh, with our next guest about Alzheimer's. Now, it's Alzheimer's Month this month. Wednesday will be um, uh, Alzheimer's Day. Um, and so we had a chance to get an idea of the scope of the problem just in Canada, never mind globally. And Alzheimer's or dementia is a growing problem, and it's going to touch many, many, many Canadian families, not just through the disease, disease itself, but through caregiving of people that suffer from the disease. What was the one thing you learned last week that you didn't know about this disease? Because you've done a lot of reading about it. Mm-hmm. Your mom's impacted with this disease. Mm-hmm. And so you've done a lot of reading. So you must, with the amount of work that rate reading that you've done, what surprised you or what did you learn yeah. uh, from, from last week? Good question. And the answer is uh, scale and scope. So my research, of course, was around how are we going to handle my mom and how do we make it most comfortable for her and yeah. our family dynamic. But I hadn't really done much around how big of a problem this was um, and is going to be with an aging population. As Kim correctly said last week, this is going to get exponentially worse and affect, uh, my math was somewhere around one in four, one in three Canadians, if not directly, indirectly through caregiving and other things that have to happen. So that's that's the answer, scale and scope. And that's why we have uh, our guest on the show today because th- it is gonna get bigger and bigger. It's gonna impact more and more people in this country. We all have to educate ourselves, right. understand and support this yep. because somebody that we all know will be impacted from this. Unfortunately, Kim Br- uh, Brundrick, we, we welcome back you, uh, welcome you back to the show. I'll get that straight. Uh, Kim is the uh, collective impact lead at Dementia Network in Calgary. And, Kim, as I said, we had a wonderful conversation with you um, where you shared some of those stats, and it quite frankly freaked me out a little bit to understand the scale and the scope of the problem. But I don't want to, we don't want to leave it just with the negative, right? This is Alzheimer's Month, and we got Alzheimer's Day coming up. And, and the fact is that there are some very positive initiatives taking place globally, but even in Calgary. And I'd like you to maybe speak to us a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um... We're really excited. We've got a great group of people in Calgary who are really mobilized around making Calgary a place where people with dementia can live life well. So we're doing things like conversation cafes. We've got them 
in uh, I think six to eight places now in Calgary. And it's a safe place where people living with dementia and their partners can come and just hang out, have a beer, have lunch, talk to other people that are going through the same thing. Um, and we're super excited. We just um, embarked on a project with the Calgary Parks Foundation to build the first ever public dementia inclusive park in Canada. Um, so that's really exciting, and we're doing a lot of work around awareness. So we work with a wonderful gentleman named Roger Marple, who lives with dementia, and he speaks widely and openly about um, what the disease has meant for his life. Um, and he's also really great at talking about, you know, how to tell when you, when you get diagnosed, how to tell people, how to give them the space to, to sit with it for a little bit, and then come back and talk to him afterwards. So we're really, really excited to be working with some great folks in Calgary. Kim, let's get into those conversations that people are having. What are they really discussing at these chats, at these tables, at these presentations that, that are being hosted around the city um, and even going to be at the park as well? They're going to be talking about it at the park. So so what what are some of the conversations that, that people are having about this disease? I, th- I think it's it's very peer-to-peer, right? So when you can walk that walk with somebody else that's doing it too, it's, it just makes you feel less isolated, less alone. You can work through some of the challenges, maybe um, find new resources that you didn't know about. So it's it's really building that community. And, and as you said, the you know the number of folks impacted by dementia is going up and up and up. Um, and a lot of people don't don't understand the scope of it. They didn't realize that so many other people are impacted and they're isolated. So the more that that we can reduce that stigma and reduce those barriers to to get people talking to each other, the better. So, you know, you ask a really interesting question there. Um, and you know that I've had several conversations with even our client base who have parents suffering from some form of dementia as well. And I find those very rewarding in a number of respects. There's a collective comfort that you get knowing that you're not alone in it. And I think Kim's referred to that. But you also learn a lot about how to interact with it. And and there's differences in in how people handle it. Kim, last week we talked a little bit about uh, my mom and I think uh, one of your parents, my mom never admitted, she to this day, and she couldn't do it now, but she's never admitted she had a problem. Now, that's a very different problem to deal with in a family than, than somebody who openly admits, okay, I've got Alzheimer's or I've got a dementia problem, and we can, as a family, as a family deal with it, right? So there's some differences in how it gets approached based on where the family is and where the person that's affected by this actually is in terms of their level of acceptance. The other thing I've learned, um, and, and I did a lot of research around this with, with my mom, is because I found myself um, correcting my mom a lot, right? So my mom would think that she's back home in Winnipeg. No, mom, you're here in Calgary. And all that served to do was to frustrate my mom and confuse her. Mm. And I thought, well, that isn't the right approach, right? And so in, in my research, um, Kim, you and I, uh, I think I, I mentioned it to you, I stumbled across a program under the UK that it's called the Butterfly Program, and it was an awareness that, that hit on me that it's not about me trying to correct mom about, about facts like that, details like that. It's about being where mom is. So if mom is living in that moment in Winnipeg, and she saw, you know, she's talking to me about how her mom is doing, her mom's been passed for 40 years, then I just want to know how granny's doing. Yeah. Right. And that conversation, the ability to now interact with them, with my mom, where she is, instead of trying to bring her where I am, um, was a massive change in my ability to enjoy time with my mom. Right. And and I would assume on her side, too. And Kim, I think you had a similar experience uh, with that as well. Exactly. And it's 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 hard to do initially because you you want them to be with you um, and you want them to be with their family and their grandkids and whatever else. But 
that's probably the biggest takeaway for the people newly diagnosed is you're going to have to learn to live in that in that universe where they are um and and you need to talk to family and friends about that and help them understand that you know correcting them and is is just not going to help kim one thing that's happening in 2022 campaign for the world alzheimer's day is focusing on post-diagnosis support. So what is the first thing people should do uh, when a family member is diagnosed with Alzheimer's or even dementia? Get in touch with your local Alzheimer's society. <laughs> They've got the resources. They can hook you up with, with what you need. They can get you set up with what you need to know about what's coming. So for example, if you have not done advanced care planning, you need to do that. Um, you do need to get things in order um, financially and legally, um, but you also need to to get that peer support and, and learn that you're not alone. And um, there is there is a path, it's not the same path for everybody, but there, there is a path and there are things that will happen. Um, it is a progressive disease. Um, so just knowing where to get support, when to get support, what's available. Um, I know I spoke with one friend and, and they were years into it before they realized that you could get um, home care for this, you know, and, and it was such a struggle for them. And just knowing you don't know what you don't know. So get in touch early um, and get support. So Kim, one question, that, you know, a few friends of mine, I was out east uh, last week and I was talking to them and flippantly they'll say, oh, my mom is suffering from, and they don't even know if they are, they just, they've already diagnosed their mother in one way or another. Either they don't know what's wrong or they might have dementia or something. Where, what's the tell signs that we can start to think, kind of look out for to start investigating this further before we self-diagnose or we diagnose a family member. Right. Yeah, and I think, um, again, back to that stigma a little bit, people do not want to get diagnosed with dementia. So it's sometimes very hard to get people to go to the doctor and get those tests done. Um, but think, you'll notice things like uh, difficulty following a conversation or putting things in the wrong place. It's, it's not just memory. It's not just forgetting where I put my keys, because I do that all the time. Um, it's, you know, I used to be able to do this really easily and now I just, I can't do it anymore. Um, so it's problems in thinking, um, not just problems with memory. That's a good good start on that. So yep. for anybody who wants to get more information, Kim, on not only World Alzheimer's Day, but anything in regards to the information leading to the, the world of Alzheimer's, where would they go? Uh, Alzheimer's Calgary is a, is a great place for, if you're in Calgary or surrounding area, um, Alzheimer's Canada, and then our website is Dementia Network Canada. So we're a little bit broader and then we pull in all kinds of different people to try and look at this issue, but we've got some great resources on there as well. One thing I do want to say, Dave, is that this is gonna this disease is gonna touch many Canadians mm -hmm. directly, mm -hmm. like we talked about many more indirectly. Absolutely. I think this is the time we all need to look at that and say, how can I support this so we can move this society in the right direction? Of course, there's financial contributions, there's volunteer opportunities, just reading up on it and sharing knowledge, yep. I think is also an opportunity. So the support is needed for those of you who are watching or listening. Make sure you reach out to the society or support them in any way you can, because I think this was what's gonna turn the corner for us as a society, as a whole, I look forward to seeing how you're supporting the Alzheimer's Society all across in your area and around. Kim, I want to thank you very much for joining us again. Appreciate um, you joining us in Alzheimer's Month, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having me. I've been joined by Kim Brundred, who is a collective impact lead at Dementia Network Calgary. You know, the health care of an individual, and if you think about someone that may go through this disease, the financial costs, mm -hmm. there are programs out there, mm -hmm. but there's going to be an out-of-pocket expense. When you're, when you're planning for retirement, you don't plan for that. Right. But it impacts 
many, many people. So how do you make sure you cover that part in your retirement? We're going to talk about that at our upcoming live seminar on Tuesday, September 20th, 7 p.m., live in person at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel. You need to register for this. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. On behalf of Faisal, myself, Dave, I want to thank you for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. We'll chat with you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. 